0: Hello everyone, my guest today is Ryan Holmes who founded Hootsuite back in 2008 and has helped it grow into the world's most widely used social relationship platform with nearly 15 million users, including more than 800 of the Fortune 1000 companies. Recognized as an authority on digital transformation, entrepreneurship and social media, Holmes started his first business in high school. He now applies his experience and expertise to support the startup community and socially conscious ventures. Ryan, are you ready
1: to take us to the top? Yes, I am, Nathan. Great to be here. Thanks. What was the high school business out of curiosity? It was a paintball company. I started my first business in grade 10, in between grade 10 and grade 11, paintball company. I convinced my parents they had a little bit of property. I built a paintball course on it and bought paintball guns and paintballs and started the whole thing. It was a, obviously a really fun high school business.
0: What'd you, uh, what'd you make on that in the summer or wherever,
1: however you long you ran it? So my best. So this is why being an entrepreneur can spoil you. My best day, I made uh, about six thousand dollars in one day. And so, you know, how do you how do you go back to like a nine to five job <laughs> after that?
0: Was that was that top line sales or even after expenses, six grand to your bank? That
1: that that was top line, but you know, I had very little expenses on that. You have to pay for your paintballs, pay for whatever else. And you're like
0: eighteen years old, seventeen years old.
1: Yeah, exactly. Go buy a used car afterwards.
0: That's so fun. My, I'll never forget that experience for me was in college. I had a little ring on my cell phone when PayPal alerts came in, meaning I was getting paid. And I was in the process of failing a stat exam when I got two of those notifications, which were $700 sales each. So I failed the exam, but I got paid 1400 bucks. And I said, I can never get motivated again to go back to school.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, uh, it can really spoil people and, you know, I think that that's, it's one of the things, once you get the bug and you get bit by it, it's, it's really hard to go back to, you know, working in, in quote, quote, the regular world.
0: So tell us about Hootsuite. What is it doing for people not familiar with it? Kind of what's your revenue model? How do you make money?
1: So Hootsuite is a SaaS business. It's a subscription model. We have, um, over 16 million users. They use us to connect with, uh, with their customers on social. So they use us for social marketing, social customer support, social selling, And, um, you know, we help uh, small, medium businesses all the way through to big enterprises. You mentioned over 800 of Fortune 1000 use us. Uh, We recently won the Forrester Wave that talks about, you know, enterprise use of social. And so it's really just helping brands to better connect with their customers uh, through kind of engagement on social, through customer support, through listening to what's going on. ROI measurement, social advertising, everything to do with social. We help manage and make it easier for brands.
0: What's the kind of average customer paying you per month, would you say?
1: Well, it's a real spectrum, you know, because we have a a, a freemium model even. So we have we, we give it away for free and we let people play with it. They, they get in, they use it, they grow with it. And, and then, you know, they can also start day one with a paid model. If they have a large team, they want to get on board credit card and go. We don't bother them, the, them with a, you know, a sales force. If they don't want to talk to a sales agent, they don't have to, they can get in self-serve and go. And then as they grow, and this is the real beauty of the model is that when their needs get bigger and bigger, when they want, you know, customer support, when they want a dedicated account manager, when they want You know, other features that enterprise businesses demand, we have that there for them. And so we really work with our customers through their whole journey. And um, as they mature, as they bring in bigger teams, we're absolutely able to help that. We have teams of tens of thousands using our product on a daily basis uh, to to help connect with their customers. And so uh, the model matures. So we we go from uh, tens of dollars to millions of dollars in terms of the spectrum of our customers.
0: If I for just for the sake of avoiding going down every cohort, because you probably have hundreds you track from different channels and upgrades and all this stuff. I mean, is it fair to say that, you know, a team of, you know, three users with 20 profiles is maybe the average kind of HootSuite customer and they're paying 100 bucks a month? Is that a fair average
1: or? I, I think it's it's we're it's really complicated for us to look at it that way. I think that, that you know maybe if we broke our business into two a self serve business and an enterprise business. Let's do that. Yeah, then, then we would say you know our, our average kind of self serve customer they're kind of a you know a a ten person team. Our our uh, average enterprise customer they go. Wait, north sorry, of-
0: hey Ryan, round that out for me. So the self serve it's a ten person team on average. What is the average price there?
1: Uh, You know, we we don't really uh, publicly talk about our our pricing in too much depth uh, across these cohorts. So I'm going to have to, you know, it's in the hundreds of dollars for for LTV. Um, And, you know, on the enterprise side, uh, you know, it's tens of thousands of dollars in terms of annual recurring and, um, you know, just in in kind of general numbers.
0: Yep. Now now that we kind of understand some of these cohorts and, and kind of the size of the business, take me back to day one. 2008 is a hell of a year to start a business.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was a really exciting time so I had an agency you know I, I after the paintball company did that for a number of years you know post high school I actually started a restaurant did that for a few years sold that and then in 2000 I started the agency agency was called invoke it was a digital services company so we did a hybrid of services work and then we also did product work we built products um, that that kind of scratched our own itches and also helped our customers so customers would bring us problems and for a year later listeners out there that are in services business or agency business, it's amazing because people are always bringing you problems and opportunities to solve. And um, one of the problems that we had, our customers were asking us more and more to help them build audience and help market through social media. And so we started scaling up a little bit of a team to do this. Uh, we, we, We were helping our customers do this. And what we realized really quickly in 2008 was that there weren't any good tools to help manage social media as a team it manage multiple team members and multiple brands. And so, you know, we scratched our head a little bit. And because we had this culture of, of building products, we decided to, to build this product out to scratch our own itch. And uh, we put out a, a, a prototype, really rapid, you know, uh, MVP, got it out in probably two months and uh, had immediate traction on it. We saw the the numbers, you know, 10 people, 40 people, 100 people, 200 people, 400 people, gr- just growing so quickly through word of mouth, uh, product virality, K-factor. And it was just in the fact that people needed a tool to manage social in a better way. And we were easy to manage uh, multiple accounts and multiple team members.
0: Do you remember what that first year revenue was? I do. I know what was exactly
1: it? what it was. It was, it was a big donut. It was a bagel. <laughs>
0: oh, 2008 uh, was nothing. No revenue.
1: Yeah. We, we, we didn't charge for over a year. So from 2008 fall to, you know, uh, a year into it, we did not charge. We, we were a freemium model, but we, we had a, you know, our, my initial goal with it was to build, um, I don't know if you remember, 37 Signals had a product called Basecamp. It was a project management product, and it was a self-serve SaaS product, and it was for managing projects. And uh, we I wanted to build Basecamp for social media. So I wanted the ability for, for groups to go in, set up multiple brands, to be able to manage those brands and team members. And so our initial prototyping, uh, the MVP, looked it it heavily leveraged uh, Basecamp's uh, you know design and 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 uh, usability. Where was experience. the agency,
0: Ryan, at this point? So like first off, this trend of SaaS, various little SaaS companies coming out of agencies is a very obvious trend. I mean, I have a lot of these interviews I've done is similar story. The tipping point is always the agency's doing you know one million, two million, five million. How do you decide when to turn off? the low margin, high touch agency work, and go all in on the product. So tell me, in 2008, what, give me a general size of the agency. 2 million, 5 million, 10 million, what was it?
1: So so we were we were in the 2 million range. We had 30 employees. Uh, I started the year with um, with three people working on Hootsuite, and they worked for a year. By the end, we had seven. Actually, sorry, we, we were at 30 at a, at a peak. We, we actually downsized a little bit. We were about 21 people at the time we did Hootsuite. We had a different product that kind of blew up and then and then collapsed. And so, was, therefore, we were at 30 and then down to 21. Um, and, and so we had started with three. We ended the year with seven. Seven people on a 21-person team working on a zero-revenue product. So you know how that looks. It doesn't look very good. And so, you know, six months in, uh, we started looking for some financing to help um, to help keep the the lights on for this hungry baby. And we could see the you know the usage and the growth was fantastic when you were really onto something. And so we continued to, to, uh, invest into it, you know, bankrolling it off the credit cards. And, and you're right. Agency is an incredible place. when I talk to young entrepreneurs that are, you know, they, they feel like I want to do a business. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, often will tell them, you know, go do, go do services work for a while. Somebody's going to bring you a billion dollar problem. And, and when you, when you hear the problems that people bring you, go connect the dots, see if there's other people that have the same problem. And when you find a problem that a lot of people have, that's, that's where you, you, you know, you get paid, you get paid for solving pain for people.
0: There you go. Now, what was that first round size that you closed for that seven person hungry baby? And what have you raised to date total?
1: Yeah. So we've done, uh, Oh, wow. You're, you're, you're testing me here. The first round was one, six on a five something pre five, six pre I think. Uh, no, at that time it was just, this this is before people were even doing notes. So (laughs) notes
0: were, were you're aging yourself, Ryan, you're aging yourself.
1: (laughs) Well, we're, we're, you know, we're granddaddies. We're almost 10 years old. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, it it was just a price round. One, six, uh, five pre and what's to date. Yeah. Yeah, to date, um, I you know, I, it's north of 200. You can go to our crunch base and track it all down if you're that curious. But, uh, you know, I would say that a, a big chunk of the, you know, we, we got to cash flow positive uh, very quickly. Um, you know, it was important for me to start driving revenue out of the business we wanted to be a tool for for businesses. It wasn't a consumer play. A lot of you know products we see out there are consumer plays, and they don't really have a path to monetization. They're just their 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 model is to get acquired. That wasn't us. Our model was to to build a, a cash generating, revenue generating business. So you know we continued to to move on. in that. Um, a big chunk of the um, fundraising that we did do uh, was for secondary liquidity for early investors. And so we we uh, changed out investors. But, you know, in terms of uh, where the business has gone, we've we've been able to to build a a great cash flow positive business.
0: Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail. economics around this space. So I, I want to ignore your enterprise sector. Oh, actually, are you comfortable splitting the, do you see an 80, the Pareto principle, 80% of your revenue coming from 20% of your kind of customer base. And that's really the four, the 800 of the fortune 1000.
1: Uh, not, not particularly if we think about it like a, a flywheel model. Um, uh, Tomas from Redpoint wrote a great piece a little while ago on flywheel. Uh, for those of you, your listeners that know what it is, great. Those of you that don't, go check it out. It basically is that all of our leads are generated through our freemium signups, our pro signups, our self serve signups. They come in through those channels. So we get you know, 30,000 signups a day. And, uh, we look through those signups to see, you know, who we can help out, who, who maybe signed up for a free product. They're kind of kicking the tires They're learning about what we do and, and where should we be having conversations? And so we think about it as a continuum, not as a hard bucketed line cohort. around self-serve yep. versus, uh, versus enterprise. So
0: let me ask you this. You, you have the ability cause you have, you know, 10 years of, of, of sample size and cohort data. Are you, Pretty predictably able to, to look at a new customer and say, hey, year one, revenue expansion is going to look like 10%, year two, 30%, et cetera, and predict lifetime value that way to then back into a CAC to drive these free trials.
1: Yeah, we, we're absolutely able to do that. I mean, it, it's easier to do when we look at our self-serve business that way. Um, we think of the self-serve as kind of the minimum opportunity. But, you know, often we'll, we'll you know, we know what our, our CAC, LTV of a, of a self-serve customer is. But then there's also the, the that, kind of What is that, Ryan,
0: of a self-serve? Can you share some of those numbers? Uh, sorry, I can't get into those. Can you, give but, me a, uh, can you give us a range so we get some kind of idea? The, <laughs> big, the biggest
1: range you want. <laughs> it's in the it's in the the high hundreds of uh, range and so. LTV. Is similar. That's what I was referring to. Got it.
0: Not CAC. And then, so back into back into how you think about how long a customer stays with you in terms of months. You know, constant contact was an interesting story. Watching them go through the transition to EIG. You know, they would. I'd sit on their earnings calls and they talk about we added sixty thousand. You know, you know, twenty five dollar ARPU customers, but we churned fifty thousand. And I'm going. You're going to churn through the whole market. And sure enough, you know, their PE ratio was not anywhere near other other SaaS. You know, publicly traded companies. What are you guys at in terms? In terms of, I mean, and do you care about logo churn in your self serve model?
1: Uh, Yeah, of course we care about logo churn. You know, I think it's it's very important that we're looking at uh, at logo churn, and we have a team that's purely focused on that. We think about the usability of the product, the engagement of the product, think about how we can create and add value to our customers. And if you're not doing that, then you you know you have you have a lot of risk there, and and, um, you know so it's it's hugely important for us.
0: What are you at, like retention wise annually, just logo churn?
1: Oh, sorry, Nathan. As a, as a private company, we're just going to keep that under our hats for now. You know, when we're, when we're public, obviously, it's full open kimono. But right now, you know, we've got a lot of people, a lot of competitors that are really interested in, in uh, a lot of the numbers. And, and uh, you know, I, I no problems with the asking, but I, I'm just going to uh, keep that private. For yeah,
0: you're, you're super unique in that. I mean, you have a data set nobody else has. So maybe don't talk about your specific business, but you also analyze other business, businesses. You've done a lot of kind of M&A stuff. What do you like to see churn be? for this kind of market.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of industry numbers out there. You know, you want to see, you know, annualized. uh, Some of the numbers that you you mentioned, constant contact, that's a a very high churn. And you're right. You will go to the market if you're at scale. So, you know, at lower scale, you can have a little bit more churn. At at higher scale, um, it it really becomes risky. And you want to think about the lock-in. I think one of the things that we're focused on with our platform strategy is thinking about – how we can create better benefit to our customers. And ultimately, once you become embedded into this ecosystem of solutions, your lock-in is quite high. So we we think about, we've got over 200 uh, different partners built out in our app directory so far. We have millions of installations of apps in our app directory. Every time we see an app install or an API integration, we know that that customer is more likely to stay with us because we're we're more connected, more meshed into their overall marketing and customer support stack. So if you think about things like Marketo, um HubSpot, Salesforce, we do integrations into all of those. And once you're kind of tied into all of that stack as a, you know, a small medium and even enterprise business, the lock in is pretty pretty valuable there. The data also that we're generating for our customers is is um really important. You mentioned that as well. You know, we look at uh, industry-wide benchmarking. We're one of the only businesses that has um, you know, over 16 million customers in it. Uh, and we, how, and how many, more.
0: how many customers do you have? You said
1: 60? One, six, one, six, 16, just to be no. clear that
0: 16 million that are actually paying you something. Is that seats or businesses? That's 16 million seats. Seats. Yeah. Okay. Are, what's the number? Are you comfortable sharing the number of businesses that represents?
1: it it correlates to you know a little bit less than that i mean the law of large numbers some of the big enterprises obviously take out we have, we have 10000 seat deployments we have a lot of individual solo entrepreneurs um, to give you another idea i mean we've got double that in accounts auth so social accounts auth into our our system so, you know, on average, we're seeing, you know, uh, an account will set up with two social networks. So call it a Twitter and a Facebook, but we also have Instagram integration and, and a whole long tail of others, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. So
0: your cohorts um, perform very differently based off what you told me, but I mean, it sounds like it's fair to say, you know, if we take 16,000 seats that, you know, each business is about like 1.5 seats or something, we, again, cause you have a huge cohort where it's just one and then some of them are 10,000. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Interesting. So we'll have
1: a lot of solo solopreneurs that set up with us. And, you know, that kind of is a a, a big uh, part of it. And then a big long tail of of large enterprise.
0: Um, How do you manage emotions on your retention, your team focused on retention when look, those single use signups, like they go out of business nine out of 10 at a time. You have no control over it. So those numbers maybe don't look good some months. How do you manage the emotion of that specifically your retention team when they're dealing with logo churn on the SMB space?
1: Right. Well, you know, it it is just that. I mean, I think that at at the end of the day, you're kind of playing, um, you're, you're trying to beat your own numbers. And so the good thing is with large numbers, you don't see huge sways, uh, one way or another, you know, based on, you know, economy or industry trends, you you, you you just kind of are very predictable. And so what, you know, our team's trying to do is incremental percentage change, uh, you know, on a month over month basis. So I don't think that they are hugely emotional. I mean, I think if they they hit a gold vein and they find something that, that results in huge retention, that is fantastic. But they've turned over a lot of stones and they just continue to, to kind of, you know, um, uh, with persistence and patience, look Look for other opportunities to, to change the slope of the line.
0: Interesting. Um, last question here before we kind of wrap up with the famous five. A lot of people, I've talked to some CEOs that are approaching or have passed the $100 million ARR range. And I always ask them what they're thinking about in terms of public markets, right? How do you make a decision what you want to do with the company? Stay private, go public. How do you think about capital allocation? So two questions on this. One, have you passed the magic number? Are you past $100 million in ARR? Yeah, we are. That's great. And then second, how do you think about what you what you want to do with the business? Do you stay private? Keep doing your thing? Do you take it public? And how do you analyze that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think you probably get a similar response from everybody you talk with. And you know, right now we're just building a great company. We've got uh, you know a, a huge market opportunity in front of us, and and we're just building into that, putting all the the right systems in place, best practices, etc. And and you know, we'll be able to choose uh, you know if we want to take our company public at the at the right time, and it'll be kind of at our leisure. We've we've built a company that's cash flow positive, and and therefore there aren't any uh, pressing forces For us, you cash on positive today. Capital. Yeah,
0: that's great. Last uh, two questions. Team size today.
1: We are at, at almost exactly one thousand employees. All up there in Canada, or are you guys spread out? No, no, we're all over. We have fifteen offices globally. We've got uh, a huge presence in in uh, Europe, uh, based out of London. But we've got people in France, in Germany. Uh, we've got team in New York, Toronto, San Francisco, uh, Singapore, Australia uh, yeah, as I said, 15 offices and, and, um, we have with people all over the place that are helping to serve, uh, serve our customers through a couple of acquisitions. We've got a group in Milan, Bucharest, uh, and and California. So
0: there you go. Good stuff, Ryan. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. One word answers here. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, wow. Famous, favorite business book. Um, I, I love creativity, Inc. It's about Pixar. Yep. Good one.
0: Cool. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: I follow so many of them. Uh, you know, I really have been, uh, enjoying watching Microsoft's transition and transformation, uh, following Satcha quite a bit. And, and I love what he's doing. Uh, Elon also, man, I, you know, I hope he saves some, some, uh, big moonshots for everybody else. Cause he's, he's, uh, racking a few up. Uh,
0: you know, Microsoft is moving into social. He obviously did a deal there with LinkedIn. If they came to you today and offered you, you know, a check for, you know, uh, I make this up three and a half billion dollars. Do you sell?
1: Well, you know, look, we're, I, I've got shareholders, and, uh, and and I'm I'm one of them, but I also have a, a number of different shareholders in, in the business, and I have to be accountable to them. my team, everybody's a shareholder in, in the in the business. So, um, you know, any any offer we have to consider, and and um, you know, right now I'm I'm having a ton of fun building the business. Um, that being said, you know, I, I, we'd, we'd have to be thoughtful on any offers that head our way and, and take it to the board and, and, you know, go from there. But, uh, right now the the TAM of what we're doing and the the market size is, is pretty awesome. So we're excited about that.
0: Number three, Ryan, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh,
1: you know, I, I'm, um, I've, I've used so many and, and they're all kind of, I would say, you know, uh, Somewhat boring tools. I use I use Skype a lot. I use you know for we're using it right now. And uh, I love how
0: you still have your your username. Well, I won't say it out loud, but I love how it is references something from your past. It's, it shows kind of the history of where you've gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I use Skype quite a bit on, on both, uh, desktop and, and mobile. Um, I use, uh, you know, mail clients, calendar clients. I'm trying to think of something that's going to wow your audience, but, uh, you know what? I do use a, a great app, uh, for my boat, which is called Navionics. And I use that all the Navion? time. Navion? Navionics. And uh, it's great. It maps out where you go on your boat, and so you can cache maps when you're offline. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so we go all up into islands, and I can see really cool details on that.
0: I love that. Number four, Ryan. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh,
1: you know, I I, bel- I I don't believe in the myth of uh, CEOs that don't sleep. I think CEOs that don't sleep die and um die early and so i I believe in the power of sleep i think that sleep is when you heal i think sleep is when your mind recharges and i I believe in getting you know a good seven eight sometimes hours sleep and uh I, i i don't have any ego around saying i'm a guy that only sleeps you know two three hours a night i think that that's not a super healthy uh Um, lifestyle, I think you end up in trouble with that.
0: There's a reason I ask these questions because I want people going, okay, that guy's doing like 100 million in AR, but he's getting three hours of sleep divorced with four kids. Do you really want to follow his model? And some people might say yes, because they're all in some would go, eh, maybe not. So last uh, last few questions here, Ryan, for you, what's your situation? Married single? Do you have kids?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I've uh, recently started uh, dating a wonderful girl. And uh, we'll see where that goes.
0: Very cool. So no kiddos yet? No kiddos yet. Looking oh.
1: forward to it though. I, right. I do love
0: it. And, and
1: how old are you, Ryan? I'm 42.
0: Okay. Last question. Take us back 22 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh, I could do some really killer stock investing if I went back 20 years. knowing what I know <laughs> now. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's just, you know, I, as an entrepreneur and I remember that time, um, thinking about, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to go, uh, take on the world? Um, part of what I'm doing with League of Innovators, my, my charity is to help find and accelerate young entrepreneurs. I think, you know, part of it, what's the link,
0: what's the, go ahead and put the link out for that so people can check it out.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a uh, league of innovators and I'll, I'll get the link in the free in the show notes, um, for you. Uh, but basically, uh, you know, I think that, I think that entrepreneurs are, are so passionate about chasing down ideas and, and, changing the world. And, uh, you know, my, my big thing would be just to enjoy the journey, right? Like you, you got to put your time in, you got to, you got to, you know, do the work. Um, you got to investigate a lot. You got you're going to have ups and downs, but just enjoy it and, and, uh, don't be in too much of a rush.
0: There you guys have it from Ryan. Enjoy the journey. He followed the model that so many successful SaaS entrepreneurs are doing, which is, listen, go hustle. Be a service business. People are going to bring you problems. When enough people have the same problem, build the product and see if it takes off. It sounds like he did one. It didn't do so well. And then they do Hootsuite, and it's a baby that's hungry. They raised capital. They raised over $200 million, now serving over 16 million individual seats. Across about that many businesses, helping them really manage their social, uh, and both in their self-serve cohorts and kind of their enterprise cohorts where they touch 800 of the fortune 1000 companies. Ryan, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: Anytime, Nathan. Thank you.